want to begin in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, and let's discuss something fascinating in the Bible where God actually reveals a four-step business plan to his people. Wow, it's amazing, and it works so efficiently for anybody who will put it to uh, its test and run its principles. So it's very simple to follow. Let's talk about it today. Genesis 1 verse 26. Let us begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. This is the day that you have made, and we're going to be glad and rejoice in you. Father, bless your people today with light, illumination, revelation, knowledge from your word, and let us be hearers and doers of your word. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Well, we're in Genesis 1, verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image. Of course, that's you and me. Let us make man in our image. We are man. Praise God. God, the Father, the Son, Holy Spirit, saying, let's make man in our image according to our likeness. Now watch this. This is what God said about man. This is what God said about you. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea. Let's stop there just for a moment. Let them have dominion. What does the word dominion mean? It's very important to understand this word. In Hebrew, the word dominion means to manage, to control, or to rule. In the sense, it touches on all three, to manage, to control, and to rule. So let, let them have dominion or to manage and to rule and control over the fish of the sea. Well, before we get into God's four-point business plan, look how you can use that plan and establish dominion. You can have dominion over the fish. Our president, President Trump, has a favorite meal that he likes to eat. He even eats it on the presidential plane sometimes, and that would be the good old McDonald's filet of fish sandwich. Praise God. Well, this fish uh, that has been used since its uh, initial introduction into the McDonald's lineup of items on the menu, it popped in in 1962. And uh, it's actually some pretty good fish. It's now wild-caught. It's not farm-raised. It's wild-caught Alaskan Pollock. I like that. I like good fish. Praise God. Last year, McDonald's sold 300 million filet of fish sandwiches. Wow, that's pretty good. That's taking dominion over the fish. Now, if you get God's four-point business plan down really well, it works even for an unbeliever. Now, these, these revelations, of course, are in the Bible for God's people. But some unbelievers have tapped into it unknowing that this is really God's system that God invented it and he developed it. But primarily, this is for God's people. And it works best and responds best to God's person, to God's people, those that are in Christ. I'm talking about you. Praise the Lord. Now, listen to this. Uh, concerning dominion over the fish, let's move past McDonald's. When you think seafood, sometimes you think about Red Lobster, uh, the seafood restaurant. But because Red Lobster and Olive Garden are 
jointly owned by one corporation, uh, let's look at their combined total. Each year, they purchase from fishermen over 100 million pounds of seafood. That's annually. Praise God. That really is men taking dominion over the fish. So now remember the Lord said, let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air. Well, that's interesting. I know some of you don't think that this is the case, but did you know that a chicken is actually in the category of a bird? Most people, when they think of birds, they think of birds that fly. And a chicken, in a sense, can't fly like an eagle or a hawk or something like that. But a chicken can kind of, you know, flap its wings. It can get up in a tree. It can get pretty high up in trees, actually. But nevertheless, technically, uh, according to the bird experts, a chicken is a bird. It's a domesticated bird. So we are told to take dominion over the birds, over the chickens. Did you know that every single day in America, 55 million chickens are consumed? Wow. I don't think it's very safe to be a chicken. Woo. Praise the Lord. Last year in America, 8 billion chickens were consumed. Wow. That's a lot of chicken. That really is taking dominion over the birds. Uh, Also, let's include the turkeys. 45 million turkeys were eaten last year. Of course, most of them uh, were eaten during Thanksgiving. But you have other birds that fly. Ducks. 31 million ducks were eaten last year. And so there's a, there's a dominion over the, over the birds, over the ducks. There is a production, a uh, assembly line in a sense of all of these uh, uh, certain creatures, whether it's the fish, whether it's the chickens, they are being produced in a way so that they can be uh, used beneficially for mankind. Let's continue on. God said, let them man Mankind have dominion over the fish of the sea. We've seen an example of that. The filet of fish sandwich over the birds of the air. Well, we certainly see that with the, uh, with the chicken, praise God. And over the cattle, dominion over the cattle. Well, I think we know some things about that. Um, 24 billion pounds of beef are eaten each year in the good old U.S. of A. I'll tell you what, Americans like their beef. I I know a lot of other countries eat meat as well, but we like it as a primary course. Usually in other countries, the beef is more of a side. uh, I mean, you might put little pieces of beef on top of your noodles or something. Well, here, of course, as you know, in the States, Americans love their beef, even as a main course. Uh, Last year, 24 billion, not million, but billion with the B, 24 billion pounds of beef uh, was eaten. And that's uh, consistent every single year. How about this for another, another statistic for taking dominion over the cattle at this point in its franchised history and its corporate history, McDonald's has now crossed the line of having sold 300 billion with the B, not million, 300 billion burgers since they first started selling their hamburgers. They've got it down pretty good. That's dominion over the cattle. And let's continue on. The Lord said that man was also to have dominion over all the earth. Well, over all the earth. 
That means all the earth, everything contained within it, the gold, the silver, the platinum, precious stones, wood, iron, aluminum, the water, even rare earth elements, everything within the earth, take dominion over it, extract it, get it out, use it, turn it into something good, take dominion over all the earth and over every creeping thing, even the creeping things, the little creepy things, take dominion over them. God's basically saying there's a purpose for everything. Oh, Pastor Stephen, that's just a worm. Oh, well, look a little more closely. Oh, it's a silkworm. How about that? Last year, millions of ties, neckties were sold in America that were made of silk. Whenever I buy a tie or get a tie uh, that's maybe given as a gift, I like to turn it over and look at the tag and find out what kind of material it's made of because if it, say, if it says pure silk, Ooh, I like that. 100% silk. I like that. But you and I both understand that came from a worm, a little bitty, tiny, creepy thing. So there have been men, there have been, there have been men and women, mankind that have figured out how to take dominion over even things that creep. Wow. Praise God. Verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. Praise the Lord. Well, my friends, as we have looked at a few examples of men and women who've taken dominion over the various uh, things that God said, rule it, reign it, govern over it, take control of it, you know, we want to understand, well, how did they do it? How did certain corporations do that? How did certain individuals do it? And more importantly, how can we also learn to take dominion? I'm so glad that you're curious about that because verse 28 tells you how to take dominion. Wow. I call it God's four point business plan. Now remember to take dominion. Dominion is a Hebrew word meaning to take control, to take the rule of, to take the management of praise God. Now verse 28, we're going to jump into it and look at four principles, four steps, they must be followed in the right sequence and order. And when you do this, you can take dominion through this four step, simple process known as God's business plan. Are you ready? Let's jump into verse 28. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. That's the first thing that you have to understand is that to follow God's four-step business plan and to take dominion, number one, you have to be fruitful. But the word fruitful in the Hebrew, I don't think it means what some of you think it, it means. I, I know that when most people hear fruitful, and, and actually most of the sermons that I've heard preached over the years about being fruitful, you always think, about children. Adam, you and Eve get together and be fruitful. And we think, well, that means have children. That's not what it means in the Hebrew at all. It actually means to be productive. To be fruitful is to be productive. Well, what does that mean, Pastor Stephen? It means you're supposed to produce something. Ah, then that's the first step. The first step to God's business plan is that you have to produce something. Let me help you understand this first step a little bit better by asking you a question. What is poverty? Oh, Pastor Stephen, that, that's easy. Poverty is, 
It's just not having any money. Mm, no, that that's a product of poverty. But what, in essence, from a biblical perspective, what actually is poverty? Okay, I'm going to give you a biblical definition of poverty. Poverty is the absence of self-production. That's, that's really what poverty is. It is the absence of you producing something. Remember, Jesus received the blessing of the woman anointing him with the pure nard. And Judas, all jealous, and, you know, you know, making this statement, hey, that could have been sold. And, you know, uh, that, that's a year's wages. They knew how much money that was worth. That was exported from Egypt. It was very, very rare, very, very pricey. And Judas was thinking, you know, I, we, yeah, I could have sold it, but I wouldn't have given the money to the poor. Well, maybe a little bit. I, I could have reached my hand in there. I could have taken some myself. So he said, hey, that could have been sold and, uh, and, and the money given to the poor. And the Lord said, leave her alone. He said, you have the poor with you always, but you don't always have me with you. You have the poor with you always. If you look up that word poor and study it right there in the context of its meaning and the Greek meaning of the word poor, it doesn't refer to those who lack. That's not what it's talking about. It refers to non-productive ones those that are in poverty. Why are they in poverty? They are not producing. And if you're not producing, you will never take dominion, ever. You'll never take dominion. The first step to take dominion is that you must be a producing person. Wow, praise God. You've got to produce something. And you've got a lot of options of what you can produce, but you at least have to produce something. Praise God. Poverty begins to creep into a person's life or begins to creep into a state or into a country when there is a stoppage of production. Pastor Stephen, if I want poverty to show up, what do I need to do? Stop producing. That's why you can never stop producing because if you do, poverty will be a byproduct of that. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Do you like my desk? Praise God. People have told me, Pastor Stephen, I, I, like, I like your desk. I like your desk. But see, God never gave any man a desk. Please stop and think about that. God never gave any man a desk. Adam, I'm going to give you a desk. I, I, and later on, thousands of years later, I'm going to give Pastor Stephen a desk too. No, no. God doesn't work like that. Don't forget the first law. You must be producing. God didn't give Adam a desk. God gave no man a desk. But God hid it in the tree. Hid the wood in the tree and hid the granite inlay in the stone. Well, all I see is a tree and a rock. Oh, but somebody that wants to take dominion sees in that tree the potential to carve a desk out of it with ornamental detail and then to inlay into it granite with 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 veins and and marbling 
within the texture of it, cut it in strips and sand it and polish it and inlay it into the wood. Ah, so you, uh, Pastor Steve, are you telling me that God hides these things? Yes, so that you can go produce something, whether it's a desk or whether it's a tire, a tire. Pastor Stephen, God never gave me a tire. He didn't need to. See, I, I had to go buy some new tires for my daughter's car. I got her Michelin tires. God never gave anybody a Michelin tire. God put it in the rubber tree. And Firestone and Michelin and Pirelli and Bridgestone said, hey, we can use that tree and turn it into something that's tough and soft and has traction and can withstand heat and cold at the same time we can wrap it around the wheel we can put it around a rim or around the car wheel and the vehicle can ride on that see well pastor Stephen, uh how come god didn't just give us a, a tire because he he expects you to produce you have to produce something praise god whether it's a desk whether it's a tire but see the desk is hidden in the tree and in the rock the tire is hidden in the rubber tree praise the Lord God never gave any man a jet can you believe the jet when you look at a corporate jet or you look at a 777 Boeing Airbus A380 whatever the case might be you're looking at something that came out of the ground it came out of the dirt Oh no, Pastor Stephen, not that shiny, beautiful thing. And uh, no, no, there, no, Pastor Stephen, not the giant thing that flies through the air uh, with these engines and uh, this incredible frame and the wings. No, but yes, it came out of the dirt. And somebody said, there's a mineral in the ground called aluminum. Let's extract it out of the soil. Let's separate it from the dirt and the other worthless materials. And we can take aluminum and we can fashion it into an airplane. Wow. We can pop rivets into it, into the way that we've molded it to hold it together. Now we can fashion wings out of it. Now we can fashion a cylindrical shape out of it. And we can form something that man can travel in whether it's an Audi A8 or a Tesla vehicle, most of those, those vehicles are pretty much fashioned out of aluminum or an airplane. Those things came out of the ground. Praise God. God gave no man an airplane. God gave no man a car, but he gave man the ability to do what? To produce, to produce something, be fruitful. What does that mean? It means to produce something. It's the first step to God's business plan to allow you to take dominion in the earth. God gave nobody a skyscraper. He didn't even give Mr. Trump one. Oh, yes, he did, Pastor Stephen. Mr. Trump owns multiple skyscrapers. No, God did not give Mr. Trump or any other builder a skyscraper. It all came out of the ground. The steel came out of the ground. The cement came out of the ground. The technology uh, revealed to man to extract these things and to pull it out and to make something out of it to produce something. And you keep putting the steps together right. The next three, next thing you know, you end up becoming a millionaire, multimillionaire, billionaire, multi-billionaire. 
Praise God. Let's talk about it some more. Praise God. Hallelujah. By the way, by the way, I'm, I'm sitting here with my clothes on. Some of my clothes are made out of cotton. Did you ever realize that God didn't give man a pair of jeans? God didn't give man a pair of dress slacks. He hid it in the cotton, in the seed. Praise the Lord. I have a leather belt on. Pastor Stephen, did God give you that leather belt? No, it was hidden in the cow. In the leather of a cow. And you can take it and you can dye it. You can even dye it blue. I've got a blue belt on. Praise God. Pastor Stephen, God gave you that belt, huh? <laughs> Not directly. <laughs> But, but God gave the, the resources, the materials for a man or a woman to work with and do what? Produce something. Look, you don't need to go to Mars. Elon Musk can go to Mars, and if you want to join him, you can go. But everything you need is on planet Earth. Oh, yes, I know there's other resources out in the solar system and out in the universe. But everything you need is right here on this planet. You don't need to, go, you don't need to leave the planet. It's all right here. Whatever you need to produce, it's already right here in the earth. It's all around you. So uh, poverty is never a lack of resources. Poverty basically is a lack of creativity to produce something. Praise the Lord. And you're, a, a person who's in poverty is not using their creativity that God gave them, that God gave every person to do what? To produce something. Praise God. Hallelujah. What's the first step? Let's recap. Be fruitful. What does that mean? Pastor Stephen, that means to have children for married couples. That's not what that means. It means be productive. Make something, produce something. Praise God. Verse 28 again, then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. In other words, produce something. Okay, that's number one. And you ready for number two? Number two step in God's business plan and multiply and multiply what what are we supposed to do with the command of God to multiply by the way God's talking to you okay produce something and then multiply what does that mean to do it means that you reproduce through multiplication what you have already produced even if just if it's just one you need to be able to turn the one into three and turn the three in the 15, turn the 15 in the 45 and turn it into a hundred, turn it into a thousand, turn it into a million and so forth. You must be able to reproduce what you have produced. By the way, if you don't get to phase two, if you, if you only produce, but you don't multiply your business plan will die. It'll die there right in phase one. You've got to get the stage two. You've got to get to the place where the Lord said, multiply it, multiply. So you produce one good item, but you've got to be able to replicate it over and over and over again. This is grape juice. We'll take communion at the end of the teaching today. I like Welch's grape juice. Welch's grape juice is the largest manufacturer of grape juice in America. But my favorite grape juice that I like even more is Kadim grape juice, which is uh, made by a Jewish company. And it's, uh, you know, it's uh, rabbinically uh, kosher certis, uh, certified. But I like Kadim grape juice because to me, it just flat out tastes better 
than Welch's. Welch's is good. Not saying anything negative about Welch's, but I'm saying I like Kadim grape juice a whole lot better. But whether you're Welch's or Kadim, you've got to be able to replicate a glass of fresh squeezed grape juice. And I watched a video of how Kadim manufactures their grape juice. They harvest the fresh, beautiful Concord grapes in upstate New York. They bring them all in fresh, just picked that day, and they're dumped into a gigantic vat. And from the moment they go into that vat, not one hand ever touches the process of them, uh, of these grapes being turned into this beautiful juice liquid that you can drink out of a glass bottle. The whole thing, the entire assembly is behind a glass wall. It is fully automated. It is all done robotically. The cleaning, the steaming, the disinfecting of the empty bottles, the removing of all the stems or any other contaminants such such as leaves and so forth, and the squeezing, the extracting, the filling of the bottles, the washing of the bottles, the cooling of the bottles, the whole process, not one hand ever touches it. It's all robotic. Why? There's a reason for that. And when it pops out at the other end and it's robotically sealed and then it's placed in the cases and the, ca- the cases are even uh, sealed, especially never with a hand, all done in a closed system. So it's done the same over and over and over again. It's ready to go at the end and it's put in boxes and the boxes are stacked in warehouse uh, and we're in a very large warehouse and they just send these out by the millions and millions, literally millions and millions of bottles. So they have a system of being able to multiply that one bottle of grape juice over and over and over again. And no matter where you buy Kadim grape juice, whether you buy it in New York or you buy it in North Carolina, like I do, I just in all my uh, all the grocery stores. Whether I go to Whole Foods, whether I go to the Fresh Market, whether I go to Harris Teeter, I'm talking about my local stores, or the places I, I shop at, praise God, Earth Fair, whatever it might be. I can grab my Kadim grape juice. I can grab it here in North Carolina from the stores I shop at. I can buy it in California, Southern California. I can buy it in Texas or North Dakota, it's going to taste the same. Every single bottle will taste the same. And you've got to be able to multiply it. See, be productive, produce something, but you've got to be able to multiply it. Ah, you've got to figure out how do we multiply this? How do we get it to taste just the same? Whether you're condemn grape juice, Welch's grape juice, or Coca-Cola, it's got to taste the same in Atlanta, where the world headquarters is at, just as it does over in the remote outskirts of Uganda. If you're drinking it out by the, by the Nile River, like I did one time, we pulled over and drank a Coca-Cola, and it tastes just like the same one at, uh, in America. You've got to be able to multiply it over and over. God's business plan your potential to take dominion. Number one, you got to have a product. Number two, you've got to be able to multiply it. Praise God. Even if you're multiplying millions of bottles, each bottle, it's got to, the, the content, that product's got to be exactly the same. Praise God. You've got to do it. You got to do it really well. Praise God. In order to uh, be on that path of taking dominion. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for number three?
Let's move into number three. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful. Okay. Produce something and multiply. You've got to be able to turn it from one into a hundred. Okay. And multiply, fill the earth. Ooh, Ooh, I like it. Wow. Feel the earth. My new King, uh, new King James version, which is my favorite version says, fill the earth. Very, very good translation. Fill the earth. The old King James version says, replenish. Wow. Replenish the earth. So feel is also a good translation, but really the fullness of the Hebrew word here actually means to distribute. So you could, you could see it a little bit through the word feel, feel the earth, feel the earth. That's talking about a, a distribution chain. Yes. Preferably a system of distributing it throughout the earth, not just your community, feel the earth. You're talking about an international supply chain of distribution. Praise the Lord. You must be able to produce a product. You must be able to multiply that product and you must be able to distribute that product. If you don't have a means of distribution, you will not be able to take dominion. You will not reach the potential of where God wants to take you, which is to a place of dominion. His business plan in one verse, verse 28, will take you to dominion. He's telling you how to do it, but you've got to go through all four stages before you reach the place of dominion. And remember, what is dominion? It's, it's where you're ruling. It's where you're, in a sense, you're governing. You're managing something, even globally. Praise God. Hallelujah. So you have to have a system of distribution. I remember when I got into writing as an officially you know, established author, my first book, I purchased from the publisher 3000 books myself that I'm responsible for, for selling in a sense, distributing, right? Because I can't distribute them through selling them in a small community. There's not a market for that. So I've got a great product. I've got a great book, a hot book. I've got a great product. I've multiplied it from one to 3000 but now I've got to be able to distribute it. And you know, when you look at 3000 books, a lot of people don't realize how many books that is. That's pallets of books. And I had a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine that didn't understand faith. I was always trying to teach him how to have faith in God. And he began to finally understand it a little bit. And I, uh, uh, I had him over at my house one day for fellowship and he saw he saw these stacks and stacks of books, boxes on pallets. He said, Stephen, what's that? I said, that's my book. He said, what are you going to do with them? I said, I'm going to sell them. He said, oh, he said, you're never going to be able to move that many books. What he was basically saying is you're not going to be able to distribute that. I said, yes, I will. He said, no, I don't see how you're going to do that. I said, God's going to help me to have a means of distribution. He goes, I don't think you're ever going to sell those books. Not even close to that many. He came back three weeks later. I wanted him to come back for a visit. He decided to come over and visit. I was happy that he wanted to come see me again and fellowship and talk. And I didn't say anything. And he came over to visit me. And he uh, suddenly he, he looks around and he goes, wait, wait a minute. 
Something's missing that was here before. <gasps> Stephen, what happened to all those books? All those thousands and thousands and thousands of books that you had. I said, I sold them. <gasps> you did? Yes. You did? Yes. I mean, he, he couldn't believe it. His jaw was dropping. I said, I told you I would. Praise God. Why? A means of distribution. A means of distribution. I'll always love Books a Million. That was, you know, that's a international chain or a primarily American chain of, of, of a bookstore. But they're all throughout America. But Books a Million uh, picked up my book and put it in every bookstore they have in America. I'll always love Books a Million. Praise God. Even, even Barnes and Noble and uh, a lot of their southern stores, they said, we want it in every store down south. But uh, Books a Million put it in every store in America that they have. Praise God. Uh, Family Christian Bookstore and all of their national uh, stores all over America, they also took my book. Praise God. So what happened? Distribution distribution, distribution, television interviews, radio interviews, and also the internet. What happened? Distribution, distribution. So I had a a product that I created. I was able to get it multiplied through the printer, but now there has to be distribution. In other words, fill the earth, fill the earth. And today my books are going throughout the earth. Why? Good supply chain of distribution good supply of distribution and now now they can be distributed even uh by downloading as an ebook now i i still prefer holding a real book in my hand i like to underline it i like to put special notes i like to in a sense if it's a good book wear it out i'll extract all the nuggets from it Uh, and so i like to be able to just go back and forth like that but there are some people that want it and they want it now ebooks you can get any of my books anytime day or night almost anywhere in the world praise god and so distribution is very important you want to have the ability to distribute your product that can be multiplied and have it go anywhere in the world anywhere in the world praise the lord fill the earth that's talking about distribution praise god okay are you ready for Number four, God's business plan, four steps, four phases to get you to a place where you can take dominion in the earth. Then God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful, okay, produce something and multiply, multiply your product. And number three, fill the earth. You've got to be able to distribute it, get it out, praise God. And number four, subdue it. You've got to be able to subdue it. What, is, what does it mean to subdue? Subdue. It means, you, it means move into a place where you control the market. You have to have a goal. You have to have a vision. Praise God. Control. Control the market. Praise God. Why is Bill Gates the wealthiest man in the world today? Now, in, in other generations, there have actually been people that had more wealth in their date and in their time than what he has today when you adjust for inflation and things like that. But today, in our culture and in our time frame, right now, he's the wealthiest man in the earth. Why? Why is that? Because he's followed this system laid out in verse 28 better than any other human on the planet. 
and you don't even have to be a Christian to do it. But if you follow these principles, they will work for you even if you're an agnostic, even if you're an atheist, even if you're a complete unbeliever. They will still work. Why? They're eternal principles. But it's time for God's people to take these principles and for God's people to apply them, and you'll see the touch of God, the anointing of God come upon your endeavor in a mighty, mighty way, more so that I believe than any unsaved person could ever work the system. Praise God. See, Bill Gates produced something, computers and software, and then he was able to multiply it millions and millions of times over. You could, you could buy the DVD, uh, uh, the software in DVD form, put it into your computer, uh, download it. Actually, not a DVD, it would be more like a CD, okay? And you, can, you could download it. So they can just multiply that and make as many of those as you want. People can buy them. So now you've multiplied it into millions, also uh, creating more and more computers that people can buy. And he then began to distribute it to every computer. Everybody wants it. Everybody wants it. And what happens is you end up dominating the market. Look, I, I like word-based Microsoft products, but I've got an Apple laptop, but even on my Apple laptop, I still want Microsoft Word. And I went out and I bought Microsoft Word. My daughter, she's got an Apple laptop, went out and bought Microsoft Word. All of the computers in our offices here, in our ministry offices, even if they're Apple, they've all got Microsoft Word. And others prefer uh, Microsoft Office, you know, which you have Word included with that, Microsoft Excel, and on and on and on it goes. Some of our employees, they like um, Microsoft computers over Apple product. But even with those that, that favor Microsoft, they still are going to grab, or even, excuse me, even, that they, even if they favor Apple, they're still going to get some of the products that Microsoft company offers. Well, it was back in, I think it was 1999, that Microsoft was getting so big that the U.S. Congress actually called Bill Gates to D.C., said, you're going to have to come up here. We're going to have to have a talk with you. They're basically saying, in essence, you're getting too big and you're starting to worry us. Why? What was Microsoft doing? They were beginning to dominate. That's what it means to subdue. You begin to take over. You begin to, you begin to run that, that area, whatever it is, electronics, computers, you begin to be the heavyweight in that industry. And, you know, government, they want to have regulations, but at the same time, they know don't, don't touch, don't touch businesses that are running well, just, just regulate them. So there's nothing illegal going on, but, uh, don't, don't begin to try to put government finger in there because government's not designed to, you know, to create or run business. You've seen what government has done when government tries to get in there with business. It's always a mess. That's not government's anointing. So they were just concerned that Bill Gates was going to really monopolize the entire computer industry. And they were like, hey, we're afraid you're going to get too big. I mean, you could get bigger than the government potentially here. And that's, that's happened in history past with railroads. You know, can us bring the railroad tycoon in? He's getting so big and he's got so much money that he, he's wealthier than the whole government. Well, that's happened throughout American history where these tycoons and these uh, wealthy people would raise up really, in a sense, business empires. Wow. Praise God. Well, what's going on? Well, they had a product 
they were fruitful. They multi- They figured out a way to multiply it. Then they figured out a way to distribute it with the supply chain. And then they began to subdue. You, you, you begin to subdue. I, I think the church doesn't understand that element of subdue, take over. The church thinks, well, you're at the top. You've been there for quite some time. Why don't you step out and let somebody else win? Oh, no, never never vacate your position that you work so hard to get to never pay for the same real estate twice why would you do that why would you give give it up and then something that you work so hard for something that you use your faith something that you legally work the system that's morally right in the eyes of god why would you just walk away from it when you're in a position now to subdue no you, you don't do that praise God. When you're in a place where you can control the market, you use what you bring to be an influence. You use truthfulness and integrity and an on and honesty to, to just saturate your industry with salt and light and even can reach beyond your industry and even touch your nation. You can even touch the earth with your product and you can be also a representation without thumping a Bible. You can be a representation of Christian principles because you're in control. Glory to God. Glory to God. And that's what you do. You produce, you multiply, you distribute, and you subdue. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Stephen, I don't know about subduing. I think that person's been at the top too long. They just need to move out of the way and let somebody else come in. Uh, uh, Pastor Stephen, we're getting tired of the New England Patriots always showing up in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady needs to retire. Why would anybody quit when you're winning all the time? I, I understand that he might want to retire from the, from the uh, aspect of aches and pains and that he's now in his 40s. But I think a lot of people want him to retire because he's winning all the time and they, don't, they, they want somebody else in there. When you're on top, subdue. Oh, I, I know that they lost the recent Super Bowl, but it wouldn't surprise me if they're back there again because you work a certain system. And it's not luck that certain teams always show up whether it's the Yankees, New York Yankees in baseball, or the Patriots in, in, in football, uh, what happens is people begin to tap into this, and they begin to work this. They don't really understand they're working it. They don't even know Genesis 128. They maybe couldn't even find this book in the Bible, even though it's the first book in the Bible, but yet they have somehow realized, hey, we're doing something right. Let's keep working it because we're winning. We're successful. We're, we're, we have found our way into wealth. We're taking dominion. How does man take dominion? Through these principles. Don't ever forget, everything you need is around you. It's in the earth. Matter of fact, you may, the, the thing that you maybe could produce, you may be touching it right now. You may be wearing it. It might, it might be within 10 feet of you. It might be something that you need or want. It might be something that humanity needs or wants, but it's something that solves a problem. It's something that makes humanity's life better. It's something that makes people happy. It's something that relieves pain. It's something that solves a problem. And sometimes all you have to do is look around and think, not, not you don't have to think deep. Just think, 
oh, that's helping those people. Maybe I can make that better. Or maybe I can make it for less money. Hmm. That's why Walmart is so successful. Walmart works Genesis 128. Amazon works 128. Oh, Pastor Stephen, Walmart's taking over. Yes. And it's called subduing the market. <laughs> right? Walmart, well, Pastor Stephen, Walmart shouldn't put all them other little mom and pop stores out of business. No. It's called subduing that market. Yeah, they, they, they come to take over in, the, in that industry. And then you find they're expanding into the grocery industry. Ah, subdue. Yeah. Well, Pastor Steve, I don't think that's right that Amazon has just gotten so big that everything in the world now you can buy it from Amazon. Yes, that's their plan. And don't expect them to vacate their position of being king. They want to take over. They want to subdue. They, they want to be the vendor that you go to. And they worked hard to get there. But my friends, this works best in the hands of God's people because the meek shall inherit the earth. Mm, praise God. So you need to be thinking about this. If you want to come into dominion, you need to follow God's business plan. It's four steps. You're, you be fruitful. You produce something. You multiply it. You distribute it. And you begin to subdue. You push the gas pedal down on it. This is working. Push it. Push it. Begin to subdue. Take over. Praise God. And use your influence in a very godly way. Praise the Lord. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your people. Let them take dominion in the area where they are supposed to be king. Let them begin to rise up and take dominion according to these timeless business principles, O oh God, that you established. Let the church begin to work these now. Praise you. Thank you, Father. Let them be wealth creators. Praise you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father God. Come on, release that creativity inside of you. Begin to rise up. Produce something. Develop something. Make something. Glory to God. And follow this protocol. And it will take you into wealth. You might not make a you, you might not make it to the billionaire status. But what if you made it to millionaire status? Glory to God. What if you made it to multimillionaire status? Praise God. Sure would give you some breathing room, right? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, I believe God can do some amazing things as you follow his word. Praise the Lord. And that's my friends how you end up in a place of dominion. Father, bless your people with ideas from you, straight from heaven, straight from you. Bless your people with ideas and show them what they can do. Show them what they can do. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for a creative spirit. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, let's take communion today. Woo! I'm all out of my Kadim grape juice. Today I'm using Welch's, praise God. But it's all good. Mm, hallelujah. They had a product. They multiplied it. They distributed it. I was able to get it. And they are endeavoring to subdue the market. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's going to work for you too. It's going to work for you too. Father, we thank you for the bread and this juice. We bless it. We consecrate it. This is no longer bread and juice. It would appear to be, 
but spiritually it no longer is even physically it no longer is although it appears the flesh and the blood appear under the appearance of bread and juice this is actually the flesh and the blood of Jesus father we receive the body of Christ knowing that his word is true that Jesus is the greatest businessman ever we thank you father God that he teaches us how to profit right here in his word we thank you father we receive his flesh now with thanksgiving wanting to be hearers and doers of your word thank you for your grace we ask you for it in Jesus name let's now receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ somebody needs what you have somebody needs your idea it will make their life happier praise God glory to God see just like we need this juice to take communion together and a company met the need you can meet a need glory to the Lord be creative be creative hallelujah there's a million different things you can do talk to the Lord about it about what you can produce father we thank you for the blood of Jesus as we receive it now we thank you we receive by faith ideas from heaven of what we can do to step into a place of taking dominion thank you father in Jesus name amen let's now drink the blood of the Lord Jesus praise God this is why this is why you need to be praying getting up early and praying one idea can radically change your life one idea from God moves you from walking from running moves you to flying Woo! one idea from God and the next thing you know you're not just walking you're not just running you're flying wow God's ideas are higher God can take you there faster pray and spend time with him you'll be amazed what he'll talk to you about father bless your people thank you in Jesus name amen have a great day see you next time bye bye for more information about the ministry of apostle Stephen Brooks visit our website at stephenbrooks.org